everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host, John Alba, every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here. No fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings so if you want an unfiltered brutally honest anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry well strictly business is the series for you and hey if elon musk likes my tweets and he did you're gonna love strictly business sign up now and listen at adfreeshows.com Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help. And you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without the pair of Hall of Famers, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Well, right now, I'm a little mind screwed, man, with this uh, things that are going on. Let me just say that. We're going to talk a lot about it with the Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. DDP, what's up with you, dude? How are you, man? Good, man. Uh, yeah, I love, I love when something pops and like we're right in line that we can do with you know we always do the evergreen stuff and talk about stuff and today we'll talk about world champions but when something pops on the tube you got to talk about it. before i get there though i gotta put the you know this is isn't a commercial to me when i when i'm just talking about something that i really uh i, I love and the, the product that that's the, the green juice yeah becomes in the powder that AG one, that's what it's called, right? You got it, man. Athletic greens, AG one. I can't believe that you've tried it and you love it. Jake loves it. Everybody's talking I about it. it man. It's so easy. What blew my mind was that he started talking about it a couple of shows about, and he had it, he was drinking. I go, yeah, you're not really drinking it. Yep. And I grabbed it and he, and I, and I was like, holy shit, you want to drink first it? thing in the morning, man. And uh, but he had brought it in that one day because he got the easy little package you could pop it in. I, I even drink it before my first cigarette. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, how, that's how good it is. We got to work on that, uh, but we're getting there. But but for me, I want I want to call the company out because I want them to send me like I put like other green stuff, and I know they got other products too in my shake every morning. That yo and Paige makes them for me and Jake whenever we're doing <laughs> the show. Uh, I always put in, you know, different other greens into my, uh, into my shake. So if you guys got more of it, it tastes as good as that does. I know it's going to make my shake taste even better. So if you guys want to try something again, I'm not, I'm not a pitch man. Yeah. I am only letting you know about it. If I do it period. And I like it. I'm not, it's kind of, it's kind of thing like, uh, if you go to the DDP yoga now app, um, they're all of our food, like everything that's on there is super healthy, but it tastes great. Or it don't get on the damn app. Yeah. I'm not putting nothing in my mouth that tastes like shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't care how good it is for me or what, you know. I tell you, I was at a Tony Robbins show one time, and Tony is Tony will go up there and he'll speak for eleven hours straight, like at its highest level. Like it's amazing what he can do. And I see him drinking this drink one time, right? 
And I'm thinking that's got to be like his energy boost at yes. some point. You know, it's one of his deals. So he puts it over and I figure, well, if he drinks it, I'm drinking it. That shit tastes like mud, Ugh. like dirt. And I was like, nope, <laughs> no way in hell. And that's what I got off to doing. My brother was like, I went and got another green supplement. This is a decade ago. And my brother's like, why, why are you drinking that? Why don't you just have make fresh juice? Like, you know, I've got this presser and cold pressing juice 20 years ago. And I guess it was 20 years ago I saw him do this. And the bottom line is I started doing that. The AG1 has taken the replacement of that for me. So, again, if you guys want to try something that's really healthy, that tastes great. You know, Conrad will give you the details. No aftertaste or nothing, man. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, everything you need to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients will support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things. And you just heard Dallas and Jake say it tastes great. Let me mention too. It's also lifestyle friendly or Dallas wouldn't be endorsing it. Whether you're eating keto or paleo or vegan or dairy free or gluten-free, this checks all the boxes. We're talking about AG one. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs. There's no nasty chemicals. There's no artificial anything. And it still tastes good. But it's going to help you sleep better. It's going to help your recovery. It's going to help your mental clarity and your alertness. And by the way, this is almost like all in one nutritional insurance. It's less than three bucks a day, which is probably what you're spending on an overpriced cup of coffee. Why not invest in your health? But don't just take Dallas and Jake's and my word for it. They've got over 7,000 five star reviews. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash ddpsnake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash ddpsnake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash ddpsnake. So I'm glad you guys love it, but you kill me, Conrad. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the very last thing, because you know, it's like we always talk about health here and mental health and all that. The biggest thing that people have trouble with is gut health today. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, yeah. and it's because what they've done to our food—they have completely fucked our food up bastardized it yeah and 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 the bottom line is that in bill's immune system like i i was just i mean we go out and do signings all the time if anybody's going to get covid again it's us but we're not you know so and i'm not saying you know we're immune to it but the higher your immune system is the less chance you have of getting sick period all right let's go on with the show you know something else before, before we go you know, you, you do all these things for yourself in the morning and stuff, but at night, that's when you you and I you need to help, you know, sleeping. Right. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Man, we've been, we've been, I've been trying to say, man, the chilly sleep. And, uh, dude, I dig it, but I got a big bed. <laughs> so I need a bigger one. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, right. it's, it's funny because Paige, Paige does the, um, you know, she, she, she put it on because she gets, really hot sometimes at night yeah women have go through right yeah. go through that so she's got it and she loves it but you guys i i get it you, it's for one side of the bed it needs to be for both sides they got that they have that so have? Uh, uh, well i don't well yeah, i know what you need one. to do jake i got your hookup it's chillysleep.com forward slash ddp snake what we're talking about is almost like and this is so awesome i'm so glad we're talking about it it's like a virtual thermostat right for your bed. And so my wife awesome. sleeps a little warmer. I sleep a little colder. So she likes her bed, her side of the bed, a little hotter. I like mine a little cooler. It's going to help you get your ideal temperature to maintain and achieve deep, consistent sleep. That's how you're going to improve your entire well being is if you get a great night's sleep. Well, their cooling technology at Chili Sleep leverages water's amazing thermal powers for deep restorative sleep. Chili sleep is designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep and give yep. you the confidence and energy to power through your day. And I just can't believe that you guys are finally checking it out and you love it just as much as I do. 
You got to go check it out. Head over to chillysleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. It's exclusive for DDP snake pit listeners only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake. But you're going to wake up feeling refreshed every day. And Alex, you're saying Paige loves it, right? No, she oh. loves it, man. And uh, <laughs> so do I, but I ain't got one. So kind of pissed off. So oh. you know, now. I, I love it, man, because I like it cold. Yeah. Man. And that thing keeps me cold. I mean, it's hard to keep all this fresh. You know, I appreciate so I need that. To keep it iced, you know? <laughs> well, I, I think the same thing, Jake. For years, I've lived in the South, and, and, and I know you have too. You got to have a ceiling fan in your bedroom. It's not negotiable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of folks still put like a box fan in the corner or they crank down the AC. Well, you don't need your living room to be cool or your dining room to be no. cool. You need your bed to be cool. Chilly sleep can make that happen. Before I had yep. one, I was sleeping six hours a night. I slept eight hours last night. I woke up feeling refreshed. I, I'm not tired. Yep. I don't crash after lunch. This is a game changer. Check it out. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And, and guys, I know we love something else. The wrestling controversy of the day. MJF has the internet in his oh back pocket. God. Everybody's talking about what's real, what's not, and what to think of that incredible promo that happened in Los Angeles with all the time Warner executives in the crowd. Jake, what'd you think when you saw this, man, this is out of left field for a lot of folks. For me, it, it made me sick. It really did. Well, let's go back to where it, it started. Um, Jake called me <laughs> when MJF didn't show up. And we just did a show on him, too. You know, and, I was, and I was talking about keeping your feet on the ground. Yeah. And um, Jake called me up and tell him what you said. You, you were concerned. Yeah, I couldn't believe he, he no-showed this signing, man. It's a big thing with Tony. He loves these signings and he wants these guys there. And for me, you don't miss stuff like that. You know, this is your fans, your fan base. These people paid to get in there and you no-show them. And then you go dark. Nobody can get a hold of you. And I, and dude, when he said that, like, and I, and I've done some mentoring with MJ up since he's, since he first came in. And I talked about it in the last show about him. So I wrote him this. I go, bro, I'm hearing some crazy shit out there. <laughs> Call me, brother. I said, I don't want to see you fuck up. What could be potentially one of the greatest careers? You know, he can, he has the potential to have one of the greatest careers. I said, please call me so I can understand why. Uh, so I can understand what you're doing and why. Did he call you? No, I never got a hold of me. That's uh, not cool. Yeah, you know, he never got a hold of me. Um, and I, I wrote some other stuff too, but you know, just uh, um, you know, it, it does remind me of the Pillman thing. Yeah. You know, but he went kind of extreme. Yeah. And, you know, he has been being to himself. So you got to call because and, and everything in wrestling isn't a worker is isn't. That's right. Well, no matter no matter what it is, I didn't like it. Um it's uh it's it does it does have a lot of attention. I, I did not realize that they were in LA. You gotta remember, dude, back in the day, like the company, they didn't work with us, meaning Turner. They didn't work with us, man. Bischoff, if it wasn't for Ted Turner, and that's where we started to lose control too, because Ted was, you know, given the old you push back, you're on you're on your way out. And Ted was the reason why there's wrestling yeah. on you know TBS originally. Yeah. I mean, he was looking for, you know, he had, at one point he owned the, he owned the, uh, the, uh, Falcons. He owned, he owned the, uh, he owned the Hawks. He owned the Braves. Like he owned everything. Think about going in time. If he held on to those franchises. Oh my God. Because everything is kind of quad, you know, 10 times the amount of what the value is worth. 
Um, but he was wanting all the programming. And when he finally, like, you know, was getting bought out by AOL, then it went to, you know, Warner Brothers, et cetera. He got pushed farther and farther back. And they, they the wrestling network, you know, they weren't about it, you know. And it's funny that I was come full circle. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it, though? Yeah. And, and being able to, to say, be able to say shit, you know, I've heard shit on that show. Multiple times. You know, if, if we said kick your ass, you yeah, better man. be the top guy. Damn right. And and <sighs> most times you needed to, you know, you needed uh, permission to say it. For flipping know? the finger. <laughs> oh, Austin. Yeah, yeah that was, that was, whoo. Yeah, yeah that, that's again why Austin turned it around like this, too. <laughs> um, but um, it was pretty, it was pretty real, man. So, uh you know, we'll see what happens, you know, as it moves on. But no matter what, it, it moved the needle, you know, it definitely moved the needle. What did you think, Conrad? I think what, what wrestling fans, cause you know, listen, at this point, there's a lot of us who were jaded who feel, who feel like, right. Yeah. You know, but when we can say, okay, I know that was part of the show and I know, okay, well that was a good match, but they're friends, but oh, now, now this, well, that was real. And when, when you make fans right. do that, boy, they really gravitate to it. And right now there's so many folks who were in the business and watching that show who were like, I don't know if that was real or not. It was that a, was it a shoot and it turned into a work or are people still really upset? And Tony just thought it was great TV. Jake, when you can keep them guessing, that's probably ideal, right? But you yeah, still didn't like that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it's, it's the content of what he said. Right. You know, I, I, my question is this. What's the locker room like right now? Yeah. I haven't been there. I've, I've been off for a few weeks. Um, they bring me in here and there with uh, Lance, and we come in and crush people, and then we're out for a while. But I haven't been there. I would love to see what the locker room is like because the bomb that he dropped is going to have repercussions with people. Yeah. You know, those that work for the WWF or WWE, and, you know, he's pointing fingers. You don't point fingers in the locker room unless you're ready to back it up. Yeah. And uh, that's that's my concern. The other, the other thing is, to me, is that, um, you know, me and Pillman were super tight. Like, super tight. And without that, that day before, he went off with a fuck you Booker man deal. Um, which, that, you know... That freaking shook everybody up. Oh, yeah. You know, when that happened. Um, when he did that, it was it was a work, but no one it was it was probably three people who knew, and I wasn't one of them. And and he would normally let me know, Eric would normally let me know stuff when that was happening. But he didn't he didn't smart me up to that at all. The funny part about that, sometimes that working shit. Turns into a shoot. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of times. And yeah, then does. because you can't control the speed of the snowball heading down the hill, <laughs> you know, that, you know, people get caught up in the snow and it keeps rolling. Yeah. And people get drug into it too. Right. So no matter what, I thought it was, uh, it moved the needle, you know, and it moved the needle on me enough to send him that text, <laughs> you know. It got enough oh. people talking. That's for sure. But I think the question is now, where does it go from here? And, and I thought it was kind of poetic of course, that when they went black last night and, and went to a commercial, uh, fans were there and they were still recording with their phones. Max sees CM Punk start to limp down the ramp and Max powders out and leaves through the crowd. And I, I think there's some, uh, I don't know, poetic justice in that. Once upon a time, CM Punk was the guy who was famous for dropping the pipe bomb promo, and now right. it's Max. Uh, but at this point, Punk is the face of the company. He's the world champ. So it's going to be interesting to see how this spins off, but I know that we're all excited about talking about it, and we're also excited to talk about our topic today, which is the world champions. And we mentioned that CM Punk is the world champ, and boy, I think when a lot of people think about world champions, they think about what Cody called the big belt, the big one, the WWF championship, Jake, growing up, were you a fan of the WWF product? And, and when you think of a WWF champion, who do you think of right away? Well, Bruno, that, yeah. me too. <laughs> How could you not? I mean, me too. Christ. You know, he was the guy then. 
Right. Take, take, let, let's call it what it was out. The W W W F right. World Wide Wrestling Federation. Yeah. That's that's who you saw. You know, for me growing up, I wasn't one of their fans. You know, I was NWA, you know, and uh NWA to me had some of the greatest champions ever. They were just really awesome, whether it was Harley Race, Gary Funk, Harley Race, Jack Briscoe. I wrestled Gene Kaniski for an hour. You did? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. In Vancouver, British Columbia, man. And I what a teaching experience that was. I'll bet. He did things to me, and I would turn around, and he'd go, kid, quit selling. You've got me now. You just reversed it. <laughs> you know? And he was doing it all to me. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just moving me around. And uh, I blew up about four times in that match. <laughs> and that old man just kept rolling. And, hell, he had to be 70 at the time, 65 anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. He looked like death. You know, because he had leaned out and he was running every day and he'd run miles every day. Mm. And uh, it was, he was incredible. But uh, for me, the, the, he, Thez, just say Thez. That's all you got to say. Did right. you meet Lou? Yes. What was your impression of Lou? And we got a lot of younger listeners who really grew up on the golden era of the WWF. And I think it's a shame that guys like Lou Thez don't get their just due these days. What can you tell us about the legend that is Luthez? You just looked at him and you knew that he knew wrestling inside and out. Yeah. He was a, he was like a, a walking dictionary of, of thought process and, and how to do this and how to do that. And he was such a gentleman, you know, he wasn't loud. He wasn't boisterous. He was a gentleman. He was a shooter. Oh, yes. <laughs> he oh, was yes. a shooter. Oh, yes. And, uh, and for those who don't know shooter, I know some, some people, that means that, that some bitch could just take you. Yeah, he could do things to <laughs> you you don't even want to tell your mother about. You know? <laughs> but uh, it was such an honor to meet him. You know? and then, of course, I, I grew up around Danny Hodge, too. Mm. And uh, he was such unbelievable we've talked about him before but jack briscoe and harley race i wrestled harley race for a week in calgary every night we did an hour broadway oh my god i was so glad to see him leave <laughs> my, body, my body was so beat up and Harley was kind of old school too, right? He wasn't the guy who was going to be a gym rat. He was going to beat no. your ass and he got his workout in that 60 minutes, right? You damn right. He did. Yeah. I remember the first time I wrestled him was in Calgary and just for a rib, they said, weigh yourself before you go out there and then weigh yourself when you come back. Oh, wow. 12 pounds. Wow. 12 pounds. I lost my God. During that match. I couldn't believe it. And I, I couldn't believe how how drained I was. Yeah. And of course I thought I should just drink beer. That was the worst thing for me. <laughs> you know, I did not recover. And then I had to do it again the next night in Edmonton. Oh man. And then the next night in Regina, the next night in Saskatoon. Oh my God, brother. I was so glad to see him leave. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. I tell you, Harley had the, like a grip, too. Oh. He was a lot like Danny Hodge, like with the grip. He'd come back behind me, you know, back when he was managing Vader, and, and Harley and I got to talk quite a bit, which I... You, you learn so much oh, God. talking to someone like Harley, the people who didn't listen, you know, cause they already knew everything Yeah, you know, they didn't learn anything. I was like a sponge to be around him, but he would come around and put his hands on your shoulders. Oh my God. And just go like that. Ah, I mean, you can literally like at 260 pounds, be going like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Right. Harley, Harley, light up, buddy. Light and up. Him, he'd giggle. <laughs> oh yeah. He would. He would. Uh, you know, we talked about Thez early. I don't want to lose some because I got to actually uh, be in um, 
inducted into my very first Hall of Fame, which was that NWA Hall of Fame that they did up in uh, North American, you know, up they do it up there in Waterloo. Oh, yeah. And um, I think it was pretty much Paz was there. That's where I got to meet Charlie, which was his, uh, Lutez's wife. Oh, and, wow. and uh, what a sweetheart she was, man. She was a special lady. Um, but, um, you know, I talk about Fez because his, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, maybe you notice, uh, Conrad, uh, that his last match was in Japan. And I want to say he was 71. Yeah. Is that, that make, is that it? 71? I'm not sure how old he was, but I know that he was in his seventies and he had his last match in Japan. Let me see if I can figure wow. out the age right fast, but yeah. Yeah. And I bring that up because we got the Nate coming up, yeah. you know, uh, coming up for his last match. Oh and, my God. You know, you get, you, you sell, you sell the place out and you know, 2,500 people, boom. Well, now I hear you're moving it to another, uh, to another building, but we can't get the tickets aren't for sale yet. We'll talk about it again next week, but, uh, that's, that's awesome. I heard Fez so, had uh, his last match at 74 years old in Japan, 74, 74. 74 against, Nate, oh my God. Nate will be back next year. Then against Masahiro <laughs> Chono, by the way, who was no slouch in 1990. He was never a slouch. Chono? Yeah. Chono. Holy he's a, he's shit. A, he's a bad cat, man. I wrestled him a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. His stuff, his stuff, those Japanese boys, <laughs> their shit snug uh-huh. and some. <laughs> I, I want to mention if you're not familiar with uh, Luthez, you can go order his book on Kindle, on Amazon. It's called Hooker, an authentic wrestler's adventure inside the bizarre world of professional wrestling. And just so everybody knows, Jake, when, when the name of his book is hooker, it's probably not what some of our listeners think it is, right? No, <laughs> no. he's talking about getting a hold of you, brother. Once he hooks you, you're done. You are done. People I, have no idea just how good these guys were. For instance, um, Brad Hart's dad, Stu, Stu, if he got a hold of you, it was over. Right. Because you couldn't get the grip off of you, and then he's going somewhere else with the other hand, and it, it was just oh, it's horrifying. I know I used to work out in the, the dungeon they called it, it was the basement, and if I heard him coming down, I would grab my shit and run. <laughs> because if he ever got hold of you, it was over. And you don't let him help you on the bench press because instead of helping you pull it off of yourself, he pushes it down. Oh gosh. You know? Just on your throat, nothing serious. <laughs> Gonna change the way you talk. Oh God, man! <laughs> but these these cats could do things to humans. It's just so freaky, so crazy. The pain they could inflict, and uh, they'd change your life in a minute, no doubt. But Thez, my God. There was a different type of world champion once upon a time too, an entertainer. And when I think of an entertaining NWA champion, I often think of dusty Rhodes. and I know oh, we've done an episode yeah. on him, but dusty was really one of the first guys who proved that you didn't have to be this, this amateur shooter or badass. You had to be able yeah. to get those folks into the building and nobody did it better than dusty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He changed the business. Yeah, he, he he talked them in the bit. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he turned it all into entertainment, man. He, you know, the entertainment factor was there, and you know, he he spent a lot of time with Dusty, and uh, oh my God, he'd go on for days. You know, just just to think about you know, and, and you know what I accomplished in my life and and the career that I had, it was be really because you know I had two of the greatest teachers. You know, I had Jake. And Dusty, and Dusty, you know, he's the one who really incorporated so many different things. How I thought about the business, you know, and like he would go, "What are you doing? All that shit in there? You got that beautiful wife on the outside. You need to get out there and shake your booty with her." Yeah, and that's not something that was me. Yeah, it wasn't something that I would do. You know, I'd rather follow that savage route of using that. You know, but. uh Man, he had, he had so much knowledge for me over the period of time that that we were together. And when I go back and and watched him in the ring and the stuff that he got away with, 
You know, like he'd be in the headlock, and I can't remember who the hell it was. It could have been Superstar. And Superstar is the original 24 inch pythons, you know, uh, Superstar Billy Graham. And he'd be in there and he'd be having his hands up and he'd just wiggle his ass, wiggle his ass, wiggle his ass next to the headlock. And people bought it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they bought it. They were entertained by it. They were happy. They were excited he got out. <laughs> Yeah, that's my, my again. When you talk about promos, you know that that cat. If it, like one of my best friends, Marlon Ransom, his parents, you know, they they fought a lot, you know, and it was mainly the father, you know, and they could get into some big, you know, fights. And Dusty came on, they sat down, and the family watched wrestling, but especially Dusty. And it was, you know, Marlon's I Marlon's been one of my best friends for 30 years. And when he got the meet, Cody, because Cody was out there, you know, in LA doing the Hollywood thing uh, at 19 years old. He stayed, you know, he stayed with me when he came out there the first time and then came back, you know, again to actually live there. And, and his sister Teal went with him as well. And they went to Howard Fine's acting studio. I don't, I don't know. If Cody would be the the the, the promo guy that he is, because I think today, and I'm not picking favorites, but I think Cody is one of the best promo promo guys on the planet. And he's got he, his own style. He got his own style, and it's nothing like his father. It's very important to him that he is an original and his own man. Um, but uh, you know, I think you know, get you into the arena, walk you into the arena, walk you into want to you know pull in to, to see that match. He talks you into it, you know, just like just like his dad. I think Cody has a chance to be a great world champion. Now, no bro. question, you know. I think he's a couple of years away yet, but I, I think that. maybe maybe not. But um, he's got it all. He's the total package. He. And, uh, uh, he was the ring of honor world champion, but I know that the big one is the WWE yeah. championship. Yeah, of course. And, and, and at this point, you know, as you guys are, are, we're all recording this, we're several weeks away from SummerSlam. We don't know what the card is, but if I was a betting man, I'm going to call it now. I'm betting that Cody walks out 10 pounds heavier. Really? I think Cody, I think it's Cody's time. They've strapped the rocket ship to him. It's time for somebody to dethrone Roman, especially if he's not going to be making all the house shows that we seem to be seeing on social, that maybe they're oh. changing his schedule around who better to carry that ball than Cody. I mean, Cody's at the front of all their advertising. It feels as if he's the new franchise yeah. and, um, that's a legacy and, and something that matters a lot to Cody. I'm sure you know that Dallas, but Dusty, oh, yeah. Dusty always yeah. felt like that was the one that got away and, and for his son to be able to check that box, that's pretty damn cool. You know, uh, what's, what's going into it, you know, the, the, the moment and, and they showed that in one promo that, that, that code did, uh, when he was out there and, and it was so heartfelt. It choked me up watching it where you know dusty's a champ he's a champ he's a champ you know in the garden i believe it was in the garden and i, I could be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure it was and then they come down you know the old bing 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 no you know they they take the belt gave the people that moment and let them love it and then come in and the takeaway you know and i know that when cody started up there that was his vision, you know, but he was too young for that. Yeah. You know, he was too young for that. And, you know, the way his career went, he got lost in that middle card spot. Yeah. And it took a lot of balls, man. And I guess I don't know what kind of money he was making then, but it was a lot. Yeah. I, mean, I would guess it was, you know, upwards or around a half a million dollars a year. Who the fuck walks away from a half a million dollars a year? And even though you're not in the spot, you're in a, you know, you're in a mid card spot. The guy who walks away, who believes he should be wearing that big gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? He should be wearing. Yeah, I that. got nothing to respect for Cody, you know, for, for where he's at, 
and uh, and how he got there. Yeah, that's the so best part. Yeah, he friggin' earned it, man. Psst. Who's gonna take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than twenty carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. There's a lot of people that don't have to go through all that. Right. And uh, yeah, he got that one promo on, uh, on you know, Seth, which man, you're talking about a great uh, champion, that cat. To me, Seth Rollins is one of the best in the world. And uh, when he cut the promo, I'm like, Seth did come in. And they were immediately, you know, when they came in as the uh, the shield. That's right. They took over. And they yeah. had, you know, look at this crew, though. Yeah. Moxley and Roman and yeah. Seth. I mean, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had it all. They had it all, and they could all work their ass off in their own way. And Roman was just getting better and better and better and better. And he was the guy that stepped up. But but Seth had that rocket on him for a while there. You know, he was the guy who was the chosen one, yeah. you know, going into that. And Cody wasn't. So him to cut, to cut that promo, I thought, I mean, I, the storylines in WWE have gotten better and better. And I, I like a lot of the things that they're doing right now. You know, some of the things I don't understand, but uh, there's some good things too. You know, so uh, that's probably true on every show, that. though. You know, Say again? That's, pro- that's probably true on every show. There's stuff we like, there's stuff we don't like, but sure. that's what makes oh, yeah. wrestling great. Yeah. 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 So, one of the things I wanted to ask about since we are talking about world champions, Jake, is. Yeah. Oftentimes Bruce and I will have the debate on his podcast and I'll say things like, Hey, why was this guy never champion? And he would be real quick to say, Oh, he didn't need it. And, and, and a lot of times people say that about a guy like you, because you had, yeah. you know, a, an incredible run. Everybody remembers all the storylines, top of the card, sold out arenas. I mean, yeah. uh, you left an impression. I mean, even a casual lapsed wrestling fan, they know who the hell Jake, the snake Roberts is. So you made yeah, an impression, does. Uh, <laughs> But, but I, I, I'm just curious from your perspective, did you ever feel like, Hey man, my dance card's not complete. I haven't checked all the boxes unless I'm the world champion or did that not ever really enter your you know, mind? It didn't feel like I needed it then, but hindsight is 2020, man. I, uh, they should have strapped that son of a bitch on me. I could have ran a long ways, you know, but, uh, that's probably my own fault. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Know, you. I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind saying, "Hey, yeah. it's on me," because uh, you know, I I failed a couple of drug tests, even though I studied all night. It's not funny now. You know, I, no. I got to look back, and you know, I, I was my own worst enemy. Um, you know, it's just it's just the way things were, man. And, uh, regardless of the failed drug test, I had one hell of a run. Yes, sir. I don't think many people can match up. No, you know, I always had an angle in the works. Yes. Uh, if you've got an angle in the works, that means you're one of the guys that have been chosen to put people's asses in the seats. And I did it. Jake, I want to give you a compliment, Jake. You know, our, our mutual friend, Jim Ross says, and he likes to say, maximize your minutes. I don't think anybody did that better than you ever. Like well, if, if you had a one minute promo, it was the best one minute promo you're going to see on that show. I mean, go back and watch the promo from WrestleMania six and the main event was yeah. Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior. But when it was over, the only thing I go back and watch is your promo about Ted DiBiase. And yeah. I think you are the perfect example of maximizing your minutes. Wouldn't you agree with that Dallas? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, I got to you know, a, I got to put Jake over because, and this is when, you know, you're, you're beating your addiction, you know, like to be able to take ownership of, Oh yeah. You know, to be able to take ownership of like, you know, when you carry that world strap, whether it's for one day, one week or, or a year, 
or more, there's a lot on you. Yeah. There's a lot of focus on you, you're man. Carrying the company name. Yeah, and you're carrying, but you there's so many things to do. It's like, especially when you look at someone like Cena, yeah, and how he took that <laughs> strap, and you know the guys who took it and did all the promos and all of like the you're appearances, never appearances. Oh my god! It's like there's no such thing as days off over that time. Like I remember when I was a world champ, and I just beat Rick. In Charlotte, you know, and Rick, <laughs> you know, woo comes from the chop and the woo and the man, he chopped the living hell out of me. And I was, I was wore out and I literally was going from that. Now everybody else is off and I'm flying to LA to do the tonight show because I'm going to not, now I'm not just being, when I, when I did the thing with, with, with Malone and Rodman and then came back later with, you know, when Bischoff and Hogan took over the show, yep. Jacob's out from the wings and I, I got something for you. And I came out and slapped Hogan, took him down and the cops took him away. And, the, you know, all those were appearances. I was on a tonight show like seven times, but this is my first time going that I'm in the seat. I'm going to get to sit down with Jay. I'm the world champion at 43 years old. I mean, this is, this is like the dream of dream of dreams come true, you know, especially if someone who had my career and I got to tell you, I was so exhausted <laughs> and I'm walking down and Kimberly is with me because we just did some TV and, She's going to get on the, the escalator to go down and go home where I'm going to go and go to the next gate and fly to L.A. Oh. And I'm, you know, my biggest, my favorite movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Right. George Bailey. Yeah. That's who in my life. I'm kind of like, you know, like that's my idol of characters that are fictional characters. And <laughs> I'll never forget it. We're walking. I am so exhausted. And I said to her, I don't even want to go. And she looks up at me and she goes, George Bailey, you really have had a wonderful life. And it just oh, knocked man. me out of it. And it like slapped me across the face. Needed that. I needed that. I needed that. Because it was like all of a sudden I went from total exhaustion yeah. to like, Driven. oh, my God. I'm living this crazy dream. I just wrestled Rick Flair last night and beat him in Charlotte. Like, what is you're going to tonight show tonight to be on to sit down with Jay? Like, but to, the, to what we were just talking about earlier, it's, there's so much you have to do. And I was more of an interim champion, you know, they gave it off to the next guy. That whoever that was, which is that person has to be credible. Yeah. You know, it's really important. And when I, when I think of that, I think of the Sheik and how hot the Sheik was yeah. when Hogan beat him. You know, I mean, like it, 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 it it's, a, it's an important spot. I would rather have been in that spot where I beat Goldberg yeah. and got to keep it either for a day and give it right back to Bill or. Take it and run with it for a while. Or maybe when Goldberg beat Hogan, maybe I could have got that run right there. I would rather go back there. But again, just like Jake said, what a career. Yeah. You know, I have nothing. You know, those are tweaking. That's fine-tuning shit. I have nothing but gratitude for all the guys that put me in that spot. From the Randy Savages to the Jake Roberts to the to the Dusty Rhodes, to the Hulk Hogan's, to the, job you know, to the Kevin Nash's, to the Scott Hall's, to all the enhancement guys, you know, to everybody who came along the way that made it possible. A lot of pieces go, a lot of pieces go in there. Jake, uh, we got to bust Dallas's balls a little bit. I don't know if you were paying attention, but he just fantasy rebooked his title win. And let's remind everybody, <laughs> it was a four corners match with Sting Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and the special guest referee was the macho man, but maybe that was a better idea. What the hell, Jake? Come on. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I thought he'd be Flair One Hundred One. No, he beat well, he beat Sting. Me. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. That night was, <laughs> wasn't the pay per view. That was a night that me and Rick had just worked. Yeah. in Charlotte. Yes, that was just a. I want to say it was a Monday Nitro. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was a Monday Nitro. Um, but Rick, I mean, Rick put me over in in, in in the four corner match. Which, man, when I got up there to get my Hall of Fame thing. That's where I really want to know how much that meant to me. Yeah. Like I knew, and me and Rick had done this through our years today. You know, I consider him, you know, my brother, you know, I could say I'm, I'm, I'm as close as Rick Flair as I ever dreamed of being like, he called me up and said, I want you at the roast. You know, it was a big, like, I, you know, cause you wanted me to do the show. You wanted me to do that stuff. You called me first Conrad cause you wanted me to do a workshop, DDP yoga workshop and the Uh, whole deal. I'm like, bro, guy, Cody Johnson, one of my favorite country music guys and Luke Combs are at the Ben center, bro. I would love to be there, but I'm not. But as soon as Ric Flair called me up and said, I want you there. D, I want you there. I go, you know, Rick, there ain't many people I can <laughs> blow this concert off for. Because I'm best friends with, with Jackson, who's Cody Johnson's, you know, tour manager. You got so, those tickets, man? Because I'm not going. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the bottom line, if the Nate calls you, you you got a big kick out of that concert. Oh, it was hilarious. I, I'm your damn business partner, and I pitch it. Sorry. Rick calls. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm in. Exactly. All right, fine. <laughs> I get it though. Shit, yeah. I do the same thing. I can't. I can't say no to the nature boy. <laughs> so we, I said, "Yeah, you're damn right. I'll be there." We uh, we've we've spent a lot of time talking about NWA and WCW World Champions, but boy, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Hulk Hogan as the WWF World Champion. Jake, you were there. You had a front row seat for all of that. He helped yeah. take wrestling to new heights. Did he not? Oh my God! Tell yeah, him, you know he. What a position he had. Yeah. Because at the time, if we don't remember, Vince was going around to every territory and taking what he wanted. Mm-hmm. A lot of great wrestlers. And he brought them all up there and he took his time feeding Hogan each one of them. Mm-hmm. You got, whenever you came up there and they wanted to do a run with you with Hogan, you got one shot at it. One run, all the way around, and you were done. You were beating the middle every night, but that's the way it was. Sure. You know, I mean, I've said before that you could have put a lot of people in that position and fed them all the talent that he got, and they would have been great champions. But I don't think they would have had the color and the flair and the, the just – over the top charisma that Hogan has. He's bigger than life. No, he is. He's bigger than life. Like it or not, he's bigger than life. <clears throat> and um, a lot of thought went into him. And I will give him the utmost respect for WrestleMania six going out and having a competitive match with the Warrior. Yeah. Although they were given the opportunity to have several matches before in a closed building, he still went out there in front of all those people and pulled it off. Nobody else has. Yeah. Nobody else has ever had a match like that with the Warrior. So I give him that. In, in that so era. I, I think, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, Dallas. You know, in the beginning, you know, watching what they were doing with him. It was really amazing, man, you know, because, you know, you got to go. I grew up with Bruno Mm -hmm. and Bruno, you thought was real, man. Yeah. You know, and I remember as a kid, (laughs) no, he was real. But, you know, as a kid, you believe like he beat everybody. Yeah. You know, you just believe that. And when the Larry's a Bisco thing happened, like that, you know, Shea Stadium. Yeah. They put like 55,000 people that showed right there. And I'll bet you Vince Jr. at the time was thinking, hmm, tip of the iceberg. Look at that. Ooh, I wonder, you know, but that was so white hot. And I was lucky enough to get close to Larry over our time in the business. And 
what a classy, classy dude, you know, he, that he is. <laughs> and he told me the whole story. How he used to go to Bruno's house. Yo, I want to be a wrestler. As a kid. As a yeah. kid. Want to be right. Found out where he lived. Scouted him down, you know. Stalking well, him down. Stalking <laughs> for real. Like, and, uh, and then friggin' he's like, go to college. Get your degree. I believe I went to Penn State. I might be wrong about that, but wherever he went, I know he went and got his degree. And then he came out and uh, we saw what happened. I mean, like, you couldn't be in a better spot. And Larry could work his ass off, you know. So for him to be in that spot, being as a kid, Bruno, <coughs> you know, uh, to him, it was real. You know, and I was lucky enough to, uh, to actually get to know Bruno yeah. later in his years by doing different, um, the original, um, my buddy Sal, you know, he's one of the main guys, Sal Corrente, who started what today is WrestleCon and all the other shit. Yeah. But the very first one that we did was in Tampa, and it was ahead of its time. Like, it did okay. But it was so far ahead of its time when you put the, I remember Dusty, and this is where Dream taught me, like if anybody books me, like I don't take many bookings today, Comic-Cons I'll do it because it's a an overflow of so many different people. People could be there and go, oh my God, DDP's here. I have no idea. You know, so there's so many, that's why I love doing the Comic-Con thing, but the wrestling shows, I do them and I do some of the signings, but I don't do that many of them. Because but what Dusty taught me was this. I get my first half of my money up before I even lock the date down. The next part is I get paid in cash, you know, which you know turns into friggin' government money later, but I know I've got it. I get paid when I get to the building or I don't go on. This way you know you get paid. Dusty did that to say. When he did the Tampa show, and it, I was like, "Oh, okay, now I see how you do it." Because he'd been burned. Because he had been burned by different promoters, and Sal Corrente never would have burned him. Sal, but Dusty wouldn't go out. Like we got burned in Dayton. Like we got burned in Dayton. You learn those lessons. And uh, the bottom line is, uh, Bruno was the was the headliner, and I did a bunch of different shows with Bruno. And we got to be really tight. It was uh, every time I see him, I swear to God, I thought he was going to live forever, man. Yeah, I mean, he, and he looked so good. Yeah. And I did the one match where I was the second for Larry, and I came out of retirement for it. And I stepped in for uh, for for Bruno. It was me against Larry. And at the end, I go, and then Bruno, at the end, you come in and boom, 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 boom. And he's like, no. And I didn't understand it till. Now it's 66, okay? I didn't understand. He was about 71 at the time. He goes, no, Diamond, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to go in there. I feel really good. My body feels good. I'm good. <laughs> sure as hell, Bruno got in there at the end and you know, lit him up. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really do it, but the place went crazy. Yeah. But the place went crazy. Well, right? yeah, he went down, we went down to ringside and started feeling, and all of a sudden the juices started right. to go. And next thing you know, you're in there doing it without even thinking. I, I tell you, man, I thought that thought that old boy, I thought he lived forever. At least in his 90s, I thought he would. You know, we talk about great world champions. You know, we've mentioned Flair several times. Rick has to be one of the best world champions. Yeah. Well, I think he's probably the last NWA touring champion, right? And Jake, can you explain to our listeners what that meant, what his role was as the NWA touring champion back then? Oh, my God. His job was to come to each territory and wrestle their top guy and make them look their best. A lot of guys didn't deserve that. Yeah. You know, if it was in there. And there were times that he was put in there with people. I mentioned it the other day, for instance, with Kerry Von Erich. And uh, Kerry was, wasn't all himself that night. And uh, Rick still took him in the ring and drug him around the ring for, you know, 25 minutes and, and made a show of it, not to let the fans down. But to go to each city and make that guy look great, number one, you got to be very good at your job. you got to be smart. And 
to do the physicality of the thing is what amazes you. I know I went through that 90 days on the road, a match every night. Uh, Rick didn't have quite that schedule, but it was close, real close. Let me run through it right fast. In 1983, he's the world champ. January 16th to uh, the 22nd, he's in Kansas City. The 23rd through the 29th, he's in Atlanta. The 30th through the 5th, he's in Texas. The 6th through the 10th, he's in Charlotte. The 11th, St. Louis. The 12th, back in Charlotte. The 13th through the 19th, we're in Florida. The 20th, Toronto. He had two days off from the 21st to the 22nd. On the 24th, he went to New Zealand. On the 25th, he arrived. He wrestled on the 26th, stayed a week there, and bounced around through Singapore. On the 6th, he's back in America. He gets the 7th off. And then he's working five shots in Charlotte, three in Mobile, one in Toronto, three in Kansas city, one in St. Louis, back to Kansas city, back to Texas, back to Atlanta. We're through March. So my point is this is two and a half months and the dudes all over the place, a different territory, a different hotel, a different opponent every single night. That's a brutal schedule. That was so brutal for Jack Briscoe when he finally dropped the belt and demanded that he dropped the belt. He drove to the top (laughs) of a bridge took his watch off, threw it in the ocean and was done. Uh, he had had enough of that shit forever. It would grind guys. And Rick was seemingly made for it. Right. Jake. He enjoyed it. Yes. He truly enjoyed being Rick flair. Yeah. You don't ever see Rick flair off. Uh, He he doesn't know who Richard Fleer is. He's still Rick flair. I mean, even now at 73 years old, Mr. Mr. Fleer is not here. Yes. And he's going to, he's going to tear it up. He's going to go out and show us. Tear it up. Like I talk to him all the time about, you know, about, yo, man, occasionally I'll throw in to do the program. He goes, D, he goes, what's it going to do for me? I go, it's going to make you feel better. He goes, I feel great. Yeah. And I go, that's because you're from a different planet. Yeah. You know, no no one should feel great no. at 73 Doing especially when you mentioned all those uh all those matches that he had just in those first three months i would bet half to all of them 60. 60 minute broadway yes you know what i mean like 60 minutes non-stop and rick flair i i think and i i don't know exactly I, it, guys who stick out in my mind, the first to do something, Snuka coming off the top rope, mm-hmm. you know, coming off the top of the cage, yeah. like changed everything. Yeah. Um, but before that, Harley Race was taking bumps. Yeah. Like that On nobody, concrete, yeah, that nobody was. Oh my God. And Ric Flair was taking a lot of bumps. Like you didn't see a lot of guys. Like they, they, they were ground soldiers. Yeah. Yet these guys coming they, off the top. Yeah. They're the original to be Snuka, race and flair are the original guys that said, we need to take this to another level. And the body gets so punished and the brain because of the concussions, et cetera. But again, Rick is not from this planet. Like now that I know that I'm going to the show, like I'm excited to go and go and watch it and be a part of the festooneries and part of the, uh, um, I, I got to imagine that the, uh, that the roast is sold out. It's a star studded affair, my friend. I mean, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't announced everything, but let me just say, Rick has a Rolodex, like nobody's business because like he's nobody. He's like transcended nobody. pro wrestling into pop culture. So there will be professional athletes and hip hop stars and musicians and actors. And of course, some of our favorite wrestlers, including folks who were on this show today. And it's going to be a great time. Uh, I, I can't believe it's a thing, but Ric Flair's last match is going down July 30th in Nashville or July 31st, the day after SummerSlam and uh, tickets are sold out, but stay tuned, but you can join us on traditional pay-per-view. If you've got dish or direct TV or, or in demand on cable, but most importantly, it's on fight and uh, everybody worldwide can take a look and see Ric Flair's last match. What would you expect out of that? Jake? Everything. <laughs> He's definitely coming off the top with a slam. <laughs> He's definitely going to do the upside down thing in the corner. Uh, he's going to do his, his, his keynotes, you know, it's like, he's playing his favorite hits. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's going to pop yeah. on everything. Yeah. 
I, I'm gonna. What we should do, Conrad? We should start a. We should start a woo a meter. I love woo it. Woo a meter to see how many woos will come out of Rick, and how many woos will come out of the crowd. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be in the thousands. I'd probably start betting on how long the match is going to last. That could be a long time. You know, like who knows? Who's he wrestling? We haven't revealed yet, but there is a story wow. that folks are going to love. But I will tell you this: when I laid out the original card, I said, "You know what? We might need to put one of those on the pre-show because who's going to tell Rick it's time to go home if he's having fun? Uh, he's going to do his thing and have fun, right?" Yeah, you better put him on first. <laughs> <laughs> That's something he's never done. Oh, yeah, it, it's yeah, been follow it, follow that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be a good time for everybody. I've tried to that talk him out of two things so far. I'm, I'm betraying some family confidences here, but I said, Rick, you can't come off the top. He's like, I got it. No, I got it. I'm like, no, it's not necessary. We don't need to see it. You don't have to do it. He's like, I've been doing it in practice. I'm like, well, stop. You don't have to do it. And then, (laughs) and then casually he just mentions, well, you know, I'm bringing my blade. No, you're not. You you better not. We don't want to see that. Dude, I've got it all. I've got the greatest shot of the crimson mask of flair and me got him. Yeah, it's, he's on his knees, and I, I'm taking. You know, you'll, there's so many of these autograph things, and you'll get the private signings. You know, and I'm signing through, and I see one of me and Nature. I'm like, and Nature signed it, right? So I'll put it up right here. But uh, I just like, oh my god, I gotta have that. You know, for my walks, I've got some great shots of me and him together. But uh, um, you know, th- this. I, I can't imagine not like, like I said, I'm going to see for, for me not to go get the hangout backstage yeah. and hang out with Luke Combs and Cody Johnson. There's only one guy that's bumping that spot. Now I get to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and, that, and of course that's the nature boy who says, D I really want you there. I go, I'm it. <laughs> well, I hope you guys I, are I, into, I, I, it was an honor to get the call. I'm turning my phone off. I'm going to, Watch the concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everybody else will join us at least on pay-per-view starcast.com or Ric Flair's last match.com is where you can go ahead and get all the information to pick it up. But this was a, a, a lot of fun. I, I want to remind everybody that what we're doing is the roast to Ric Flair on the 29th on the 30th and 31st. We'll have panels, including a DDP workshop. Uh, and we'll also have plenty of meet and greets, but then we'll cap off the weekend the day after SummerSlam Sunday at six Oh five with Ric Flair's last match. And Jake, I like the idea. My idea here is I think a lot of guys had their last match and they didn't know it was their last match. But if you could know going in, this is your last match, invite your friends, invite your family. Let's celebrate. This is a nice way to send folks off. And I hope this becomes a new thing where guys get their last match and get to go out on their terms the way they want. This should be a lot of fun. That would be sweet, man. You know, that that's what a great idea. What a great idea, man. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I, wow. I, I'd, be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this because there, you know, there's been things over people can find me saying stuff about Rick and Rick sure. saying stuff about me. We you know, we had our you know, stuff. And the first time that he got the, the WWE gave him a beautiful send-off. Yes. Right? And they dropped the balloons. And the next next weekend, that was on a Monday, that night, the following weekend, we're both going to be in an autograph session. And this is how Rick Flair and I connected as brothers. And it started that weekend. I, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I know what I wanted to say. And he came in the green room. Of course, he got swamped like he always does. But eventually, you know, people move out. And, and now it's just me and Rick. And he's like, hey, Diamond. I'm like, hey, Rick, you know, can I talk to you for a sec? He's like, absolutely. So we go up to the side and I say, you know, Rick, I said, um, I know we've had heat on and off over the years. He's oh, Diamond, don't worry about that. And I go, Rick, I'm not worried about it. I want to fix it. I go, I don't know how it happened. I know I've said some shit. I know you said some shit. I go, I go, man, I go, I, I just want to fix it. I go, I want, I'd love to start all over again. I said, I love Ric Flair. I don't want to feel this way about you. I don't want you to feel this way about me. I said, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. 
And I put my hand out and he popped and he gave me a hug and a kiss in the forehead and God bless you, brother. And from then on, we were building a relationship that I'm I'm super excited to be there. It's going to be fun. Everybody's going to have a good time from the roast on out. This episode is being brought to you by Zen nicotine pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen nicotine pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote, right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That'll do it for us this week, boys and girls. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week right here on DDP Snake Pit.